All right, here we go. Crushcast episode, slightly different format. We're going to reflect on 2020. This is being taped on Monday, 1228. And we've got Sarah Vita, who I frequently refer to as our performance coach. What a year for you, Sarah. As you reflect on 2020, I'm curious, how did you adjust to COVID? What type of impact did it have on you? And what did you do? Jim, thanks. Glad to be here with you. I worked from home before COVID, so the big difference for me has been the lack of airplane travel. And I marvel at how much more productive I am without all that time spent getting to and from my destination, not just work-wise, but also personally and being able to fit in workouts at different parts of the day. I have just found that the increased technology, being able to see my colleagues and partner with folks on video, it's been a game changer. And it's amazing that it took something like a pandemic to get us all on our toes and adapting to and using that technology. So you found more time. And because no one could travel, uh, as you adjusted, you found gobs of time. Now, I know last year was your third Ironman. And so clearly you did a little bit of training. Let's talk about that for a second. What is it like training for an Ironman during COVID? Well, normally I would train for five months and I'd be at the pool two or three days a week. So this year was different because in my mind, I didn't think the race would happen. And so I was keeping my base fitness and I was strength training. I was running and biking. I wasn't swimming at all. Eight weeks before the race, Ironman sent us an email and said, it's on. And they had the permits. And even though I was still skeptical about it happening at all, I went out that weekend and rode 100 miles on my bike. So I condensed about five months of training into eight weeks, which, as you know, ended up with a 33-minute PR, even despite a flat tire. So the learning for me was really that less is more. And it made me realize how much I had been perhaps overtraining or under-recovering in past years. Do you think that applies not just to athletics, but to business and other areas of our lives? Absolutely. I think that we spend so much time thinking and obsessing about what we're going to do, then less time actually doing it, experimenting and practicing that. When I led training and coaching workshops in person, I'd be lucky to reach 100 or 200 advisors per week. Now it's more like a thousand per week. And when we first started training virtually, we really didn't know what we were doing because I had been a lifelong proponent of needing to see people in the classroom and look them in the eye and know that they were taking it in. It's challenged us to get more creative and learn how to engage people, not just in big groups, but honing in on the small groups, getting them hooked up with a coach and accountability partner making sure that their schedule is locked down and perfectly designed to empower them to live the best life that they're capable of. From a training perspective, your thought was, we need to be face-to-face. -face. After all, that's the only way that you can really impact somebody. And our approach was, we would do 24 hours. And it was noon to noon, heavy lifting. And it became so obvious in the earliest days of COVID that we could cover more ground. And it sounds like your point is, whether it is training for an Ironman, whether it is training advisors, or whether it's an advisor working with their own clients, perhaps 
there's a way to do significantly less with a substantially better outcome. Absolutely, yes. And I think that a lot of it starts with our calendar. And I believe that we can all do a better job of protecting our calendar. Some call it buffer time. I call it thinking time. We need to be mindful and careful that this new world doesn't turn us into crazy busy, one back-to-back -back meeting to the next, zero time for ourselves, no break for lunch, no time to get up from our chair and stretch or walk around. So it really does start with the calendar, not just designing it in a way that it helps us achieve our goals and our dreams, but it builds in the personal time, time for relationships that really matter to us. Because at the end of the day, we look at that calendar as our beacon for the week, for our business, for our life. And if it's not scheduled, then it often doesn't get done. So for me, the calendar has been the linchpin to being able to do more and be more productive at work and still maintain my health and the quality of life and fitness that I desire. So coming out of COVID, we all had the great reset where we had to adjust that was pushed on us. We are now more than nine months into that process. As we turn the corner and go into 2021, I'm curious about your mindset for the year and also your process as it relates to your calendar and your goals. Great question. I've talked a lot about emotional energy and how we can stay high positive and how that requires us to oscillate into low positive energy, which is recovery. So my mindset going into 2021 is making substantial time for recovery, strategic recovery, not just sitting on a couch and relaxing or kicking back and watching Netflix type of recovery, active recovery, making sure that I am physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually recovering, getting a great amount of quality sleep, eating healthy, all of the things that I know are going to make me feel good and perform at my best. In terms of my process for designing my schedule and the calendar, it all needs to revolve around goals. So having a very clear, we call it a 510 blue or a business plan or any kind of strategy where you've put your goals down on paper, both personal and professional. So to take a personal goal, for example, I'm signed up for Ironman Florida for the fourth time. My goal is to sub 13 hours. That's a very specific measurable time stamped goal. Do you have the same amount of specificity with all of your goals, whether they be personal and professional? And if they can't be measured in time or hours or production or numbers, how can you measure it? Is it making more memories with your family? Is it getting out a certain uh, number of times per week or month for quality time and making memories? What does that measurement look like to you? And for everyone, it will be different. And we all have to know that our goals are unique and design the schedule to achieve them. The other thing I would add is having an A goal and a B goal. And this was driven home for me in Meb Kefledji's book, 26 Marathons. Meb is the only marathoner who has won Boston, won New York, and an Olympic medal in the marathon. And in his book, he reflects on the 26 marathons that he wrote. And he just, he talks about going into the race with an A goal. And when the day fell apart or didn't go as he had planned, instead of throwing in the towel and giving up and 
either not finishing or just saying I didn't run, you know, a 210. So therefore it doesn't matter if he would always have a B goal, which was the A goal is to win, but the B goal is to podium. And that would allow him to keep inspired and still work hard to the very end, no matter what. I've seen so many athletes who go into a race with only one goal. So if I went into Ironman with a goal of sub 13 and it was clear that I wasn't going to make it, I would be so discouraged that I would just walk the whole marathon. I've seen so many athletes do that because they don't have a B goal. Yeah. So the B goal is key because think it's not always going to be your day. And there's got to be a contingency plan. And whether it's an athlete or a person, a mom, a dad, an advisor, whatever, that misses their A goal, either do they go to walk or do they just rake themselves over the coals? The glory's got to come from the effort, not the outcome. Now, you covered a lot there. I, it sounds like you have some type of mechanism, not just for tracking your Ironman workouts, but also for all of the other items of your life. So do you have some type of process, whether it's daily or weekly, where you check in with yourself and your priorities? Both weekly and daily, usually Sunday nights, I sit down and I look at what my goals for the week are because it is good to have a big picture. If we don't do this weekly and we do it only daily, we can kind of lose track of where we're headed. I know a lot of people track monthly goals, which is great, but that's too big. We need to break the goals down into smaller pieces. Well, this has been extremely helpful. Anybody listening would recognize that you're not just a coach. You're also a player committed to elevating your game. I'm curious, where do you get your greatest motivation and where do you get your greatest sense of accomplishment? My greatest motivation comes from my why or my purpose. And I've been through multi-day experiences where I've been challenged to put that down on paper and I've refined it over the years. So my why is to be an exceptional Christian wife and coach and to be kind, generous, and forgiving. And those six bullet points really help me as a GPS or a compass to stack up all of my decisions against. And so for me, that's where all of my motivation comes from. And I can know that my goals for the month or the week or the year all align with one or many of those goals for my personal mission. You've defined your ideal self and you use that as a marking post, whether it's daily or weekly, where you assess the day's efforts, the day's execution compared with your ideal self constantly sometimes it'll be a b effort or a b outcome but that's your guiding post so if there's somebody listening to this and they think wow you know that is a lot that's almost overwhelming uh surely sarah has got it together but man i don't know if i could make all those moves what would you tell them is the first thing that they should do to set up 2021 is the best year they've ever had it almost doesn't matter what format you use write your goals down and make them visible to you somehow. So in addition to doing the daily and weekly reflections, I also post sticky notes right where I can see them so that when things come in for you to react to, you can make an easier judgment about whether it's something you should be investing your time and energy into. Because if you're not careful, you can spend your whole life reacting to other people's priorities 
and never get to any of your own. So buy a whiteboard, buy some sticky notes, whatever it is, write those goals down and make them super visible to you where you're constantly looking at them. Because what it also does is it trains your subconscious mind and you're so much more likely to see those things. Another thing to consider for 2021 is finding your own personal coach. Who is going to be that sounding board that will ask you the tough questions that will believe in you and that will guide you along this journey? Not do it for you, but hold a mirror and help you see where those opportunities are to grow and change. And that coach could be an accountability uh, friend, could be a buddy, could be somebody that you work with, could be your partner, could be your spouse, could be a parent, could be a son, but it's gotta be somebody. Great guidance from our performance coach, Sarah Vita, and starting January 1 of 2021, our regional president. Congratulations, Sarah, and thank you.